I'll never forget one day. It's like a couple days before training camp started, maybe in training camp. And I'm at my locker and I'm just like tying my shoes before I like leave after practice. And Christian comes up to me and just like grabs me by the chest. And he's like, hey, we're supposed to be freshman All-Americans. You want to have a freshman, big freshman season? And you're going to let some chick break us up? (laughs) I just got done watching the Northwestern tape from two weeks ago. The offense has been efficient. It's been uh, – they've taken care of the football. Of, of everything Drew Aller's done, his best stat is he hasn't turned the ball over. Uh, he's distributed it well. The receivers, I think, have played pretty well. The one thing they haven't been is overly explosive. Give me top two or three Penn State moments. When I think about my like Penn State and the time there, my the one moment that I'll never forget is uh, – I remember Bill O'Brien. He's like 24, 28 points. Fucking underdogs. Even like that week of practice, I think it was like O'Brien never would talk about like outside noise, outside media. He stormed out of the team meeting room, went up the thing, and all you just heard him was screaming, like kicking fucking trash cans as he's walking up the thing. And like everyone was like, even the coaching staff was like, where's he going? Like everyone was like, what is going on? He just walked out. It was like 24 point dogs. He kidding me. Bebo, you remember when when Hack missed the meeting? Remember that? that was like that was like it was right after Michigan. Yeah, that's like OB's like kid, like his own son. Oh, it was like his son. He was so disappointed, dude. <laughs> and it got to Bill O'Brien that I got written up again. He's like, "How many?" This is before uh, the freshman season. He said, "How many? How many passes have you called at Penn State?" Mm. And I was like, "None." And he goes, "And you will never fucking catch one <laughs> if you get written up again." <laughs> <laughs> Quarterback sneak right side, touchdown and stand! Stay media fans. We got glance. Brought it brought to us by our guy uh, Ladonis, one of my former teammates. Uh, this thing's spectacular. It's it's got like over twenty sports leagues, over three hundred different teams. You can throw crypto, finance, all kinds of stuff. Super customizable. This thing's gonna be a mainstay for the Mercury Podcast here at State Media and the Pocket. Make sure you guys check them out. Visit www.glance-led.com and make every moment more. Shout out to Glance and Ladonis. Penn State teammate, doing it big. Hit us up like we were doing with the pocket. And we're always looking to help elevate each other. So go check out Glance. Give these guys a look, man. I think it's a I think it's a great product, and it's definitely going to be something that's going to be a mainstay uh, for this show. Penn State fans, I know you guys saw this on my social, but we're going to hit it again here in the pocket. October 16th, used to be October 5th. We moved it to October 16th. At Champs Downtown location, you are going to see a live pocket podcast along with the Lions Den and Adonis Hawkins and his crew over there. Um, everything's free. There's going to be a chance to mingle. We're going to have some guests come down. Chop Robinson's going to be one of them. That was just released tonight. Um, so if you are a Penn State football fan and you are in State College on Monday, October 16th, and you are not at Champs, I don't know if you qualify as a Penn State football fan. So we're looking forward to seeing you guys there. Come get some good eats, some drinks, meet the guys, kick it, ask us questions. It's going to be a great time, so better see you guys there. State College, downtown champs, October 16th.
October 16th. Yo, guys, we got the merch. We have hats, shirts, hoodies. We got it all. Make sure you hit the link in the description. Check it out. You guys keep buying the merch. It allows us to produce this pod and continuing to bring you guys dope content. So go check it out. Make sure you tag us at State Media PSU. And when you get yours, make sure you shout us out. We'll give you a shout out online. Check it out. I'm looking forward to the support. And we appreciate you guys as always. We're back. It's the pocket. It's Brenneman Bowl. Uh, we got UMass, and we have none other than Adam Brenneman here. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, guys. I'm not gonna lie. Um, my uh, my feelings are hurt. I'm uh, what? I'm uh, my my behind is chapped. I, I I was so excited that Adam was gonna prioritize his Penn State side, his boys, his roommates, the guys he came in with grinded with 6 a.m. summer workouts with fits killing us slipping slides and all Sleds. um i thought he was going to prioritize his guys but uh i just found out that we are number two i thought we were getting the exclusive brenneman <laughs> bowl content but we are number two on the totem pole here um as he just got off a podcast with the umass side of this bowl prior <laughs> to us um so I'm, my feelings are a little hurt, Brandon. I don't know about you, bud. Nah, yeah. I mean, as you said, he double booked us, man. He double booked us. And put, us on, <laughs> put us on the tail end of the double booking. This guy's texting me all day telling me how fired up he is to get on the pocket. Um, you know, I, I've, I did two episodes on his podcast, never double booked him. Um, and, uh, he, he, you know, it's just you find out who your real friends are sometimes here uh, in the real world. Can I just get a chance to defend myself quick? Do I do I get I mean, a, a comment? Okay. We got an hour. To my hour defense, hour. to my defense, to my defense, we never confirmed an exact time to go live. So I was thinking, like, we'll just kind of play it by ear. So, of course, I booked another one right before. It went a little bit long. So that's on me. But we never confirmed an exact time. I believe I did say, and Brandon, you can correct me. I know we have receipts here. Somewhere between 7.45 and 8 o'clock. <laughs> and I just come to find out. I log on at 7.45, at 7.55. I'm calling somebody. <laughs> I get I, I get, I get denied. I get called denied. That's um, bad. Twice, actually. Just trying to get an email address to get a, to get an invite out to this thing. Yeah, I, I, I got to be better than that. That's, that's I mean, inexcusable. I mean, bud. And, and, and uh, you know, like I said, just find out who your real friends are. So my, my behinds, chap. Um, we are happy to have you on Very here, nice, but um, I think, uh, you know, I just I just think that we have a lot of work to do here in this relationship. We do. We we got a long way to go. I mean, I've we we I've known you for a long, long time. This might be the biggest fight we've ever had. I, I actually don't, don't think that it is. Um, now that you bring that up. And I did tease some of this stuff. Um, you know, Adam did not talk to me our entire freshman uh, training. Um, Bro. I think, I think until – I don't think he talked to me until I came down and sat next to him. Uh about a week before it was Syracuse week, and said, "Hey man, you know you gotta get your head out of your ass. You're going uh, here. You're going here with the story. We're going. We're going to play Syracuse here, and you're supposed to be the savior of the program. You're supposed to restore the roar. Not even talking to your starting quarterback. Uh, and there may have been some 
some things that that escalated um, between a mutual friend of ours, but um, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> a mutual friend. All right, hold on, hold on. I, I got to tell my side of that story. No, so, AB, AB, AB. You can tell that side of your story, but I, I'm thinking that I'm thinking that this might be the only story that's never been told by Adam Brenneman. It, it probably is. I never told this story. We're going to leave out a lot of details in this because well, it was a long time ago. Uh, out of respect for everyone involved. Um, there was a point in time, our freshman year, where Christian, uh, back in our day, I, I forget exactly how it happened or what happened, but Christian decided to uh, steal my girlfriend. So this was freshman year, Penn State, before Christian was a married man. And uh, I was very young and very upset. So for, for about a month during the offseason, I remember, and Ak and I were like best friends at this time. I didn't talk to Christian for literally a month. Like didn't talk to him. We'd be in the weight room lifting, like wouldn't look at him, just ignored him the whole time. And I'll never forget one day, it's like a couple days before training camp started, maybe in training camp, and I'm at my locker and I'm just like tying my shoes before I like leave after practice. And Christian comes up to me and just like grabs me by the chest. And he's like, hey, we're supposed to be freshman All-Americans. You want to have a freshman, big freshman season, and you're going to let some chick break us up? <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, stop being soft. Let's go beat Syracuse. And we were, I was like, let's go. And we hugged it out. Let's go. <laughs> I, think, I think that might be the only story that you haven't ever told. Uh, that might be the only thing that's not been yeah. told. Our, our friendship got off to a rocky, rocky start, and then, uh, and then, then we had a good when, season. When did you guys meet? Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm preview that. Or when and where? Was that Penn State recruiting visit? or? I believe you got some DMs from – or not DMs. I think they were uh, instant messengers on Facebook back then mm. Yeah, uh, regarding something along the lines of the University of Virginia. Yeah, Austin. it was Virginia. Everyone was telling me Hack was going to UVA, yeah, and I liked Virginia too. I think the head coach was Mike London at the time. Is that right? Yes. Yep. And then, yeah. um, and then I hit up Hack. I slid into his DMs. I mean, I was sliding the DMs 10 years ago. Uh, just to hack and, uh, <laughs> and and said, where are we going? And then uh, and then Penn State came in the mix, yeah. And then Bebo, when, I'm trying to think when I met you, actually. Was it our recruiting visit? It had to be. It had to be. I, I, uh, I mentioned it on the first episode of The Pocket, and we'll throw them in on this episode, but I found the screenshots back in those Facebook DMs, both you guys, you know, come join oh, the boy. squad. The two, the two <laughs> saviors of the program. Couldn't no, say no, no. No, I couldn't no, say no. no. I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, well um well that's a good intro and i'll tell I'll, i will say this i did not steal adam's girlfriend um but that's that's i'm gonna get the last word there because i can't um <laughs> because it's your pod correct yeah for the first time it's, it's my hey pod. i'll say the podcast you came on for me to this day the most viewed mm. most listened most downloaded most interacted with podcasts in the history of my podcast is Christian Hackenberg tells all. Tells it. Uh, it is still the standard for what a podcast should be. I and to be honest, Christian, a lot. I'll, I'll be I'll be like at even not Penn State stuff. Like I'll be at like the freaking Colorado game and like some college football fan will be like, I loved your podcast with Christian Hackenberg. So you you definitely crushed it on that thing. You you came. I was a little nervous, but you came ready to talk, which got me excited. Because Bebo, you know how sometimes he don't want to talk. Sometimes sometimes he's in his mood. He ain't talking, but he showed up. He showed up with a coffee, and I was like, oh, he's he's ready to roll. Right, it's not nice in that cup. I don't know. 
No, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> I had to drop. I'm semi-responsible now because I'm yes, a father. Um, so with that, let's get into the nitty-gritty, man. We're going to talk some ball. A.B., um, I think this college football landscape's been awesome. Um, and I have listened to some of your short-form stuff, and I, 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 I do remember – Correct me if I'm wrong here, but you had a little bit of a take on the college football playoff expansion. Is, is that is that correct? You are yeah, four. I've had multiple takes and my thoughts have evolved, but I'm trying to think of which one you're going to bring up because I've right. done a lot of videos on expansion. I'm trying to bring up the one where you were kind of against it, and I understand yeah. that most most people who are more uh, in the media than I am oftentimes have takes that do evolve uh, and don't die on mountains. So I respect you for uh, <laughs> for learning, but um. <laughs> Anyway, it's more on the more on the side of that. But you've you've been around. You've been calling games. Uh, yeah. You coached. You've been around a lot of successful coaches in this media path that you've been taking, interviewing guys, talking to guys. Um, you know, I think this year is a great depiction of what's to come and why the college football playoff expansion is a necessary and b going to be really good for the game uh, due to the dispersion of talent. I think you know, you really, you can look one to. 15 and you got players. I mean, Penn state sitting at six, uh, Washington, Oregon, like they're, they're players sitting in the bottom half of the top 10. And as you expand down beyond that, you got teams that can go out and compete with anybody on that list up and down. So, um, you know, I just kind of wanted to get your take on that. You've talked to a lot of coaches, you're seeing the different approaches. Um, what's your take on that with, with, my take on the dispersion of talent, A, and then B, you know, just the overall development. Do you think that the college football playoff is going to be something um, that is good for the game? And do you think that the way the season has played out is going to be kind of something we're going to see more and more in the future of super, super competitive, like one through 15? Yeah. I mean, this season is, there's been more parity in college football than we've seen in a long time. I mean, you look at, even the disagreement, but you know, normally between analysts, it's kind of like one through four on the top 25 is kind of like consensus and the debate comes in at like team eight, right? Now it's like every analyst has a different number one team. I have Michigan number one. A lot of people have Georgia. I've seen Oklahoma number one this week. So like the parody is there in college football where literally there's there's maybe 10 teams that could realistically make the playoff, maybe more, maybe 15, that like you wouldn't be shocked if they made the playoff. I mean, everywhere from – even look at teams like – I mean, have we written Alabama off too early? I mean, uh, they're not out of the mix. I mean, there, there, there's a lot of there, – there's programs – no one's talking about UNC. Like, there's a lot of programs even at the 10 to 13 range that, can, that are still in that hunt. So when we talk about the playoff, the reason at the beginning and when I thought about it a lot that I was – not against it, but just kind of like let's hold our horses because the 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 college football has been really good for a long time. The playoff has been exciting since it's been in existence, the 14 playoff. That just changing rules and changing things isn't always the best way to fix things. The re- college football is the best sport in the world because the regular season matters so much. I've stood by that. It's the reason that the reason that a week two college football game will get better ratings than the NBA finals on TV. Um, a regular season game like Oklahoma, Texas will do better ratings than the MLB world series. will do regular, better ratings than March madness, everything mm-hmm. regular yeah. season game. That didn't mean anything because the regular season matters so much. Those teams can't afford to lose games. Every game matters. And when you expand the playoff, um, 
it's it's like supply and demand, right? Like you, you create more of something, everything's worth a little bit less. It's like inflation of games. Like you created more games, everything means a little bit less. And it means that regular season means a little bit less. It means that, you know, some teams can can lose week two and still make the playoffs. Some teams can lose two games and still make the playoff. And then, so that means that those games don't mean as much. Then the playoff games don't quite mean as much. And then the conference championship doesn't quite mean it. So like, it's a trickle down effect to the entire thing. There's more games, more games doesn't always mean better games and a better product uh, was my point. Yeah. Although with this season, I have changed my tune <laughs> on wanting to see an expanded playoff because I can't. I, I was just doing a bracket the other day on my top, t- my twelve, like what that what that would look like, like what an expanded playoff would look like, and and it's uh, uh, on, you know, even just looking at the top twenty five and who could possibly make it. it an expanded playoff is certainly going to be a great a great thing for the game. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be great for the players. Um, do I think it'll make the regular season games a little bit less important? Yes, uh, I think that I think we can all concede that. But overall, I'll take the making the regular season game slightly less important. Um, I'll, I'll accept that if it means we get a more exciting, uh, bigger pool for the college football playoff. That makes sense? That does. Yeah. It does. <laughs> I can buy that. I think the other thing, though, is you're going to see a slow deterioration of the out-of-conference schedules and a, and a bigger focus no on doubt. the conference, right? Because you're going to have to position yourself for wins within your conference to be ultimately one of the top two teams in your conference to get into the conversation yep. of the college football playoff. Uh, if we're going to still stay in like, you know, the, the power five with, you know, the, the AAC or yep. whatever being, being yeah. a six wild. Does that, but does that drive teams to go out and play a West Virginia week one, you know, even as out of conference, but a formidable opponent, not the, you know, I, I think it's going to be more of an NFL model where you're going to go out and the best is going to play the right. best because you're going to have to do it. So you're going to get better games early, but then it's going to be a battle of attrition towards the end where you hit the playoffs and you may have a team like Texas who trips up early and then gets hot at the mm-hmm. end and goes and beats everybody, you know, which I think is, which I think is cool, man. You know, I think you're just going to see, you're going to see teams that get, opportunities that they didn't get in the past. And there's no longer that like, because realistically speaking, like past 12, if you're complaining that you're 15, like you should have yeah. done more. Than regular season to put yourself well, and, and the, and to speak on the NFL model, like you just said, hack, there's NFL coaches. I've heard openly talk about like how the beginning of the season doesn't really matter that much. And like the yeah. preseason still kind of in existence for like the first few weeks of the, of the NFL season that you got to be playing your best ball when it comes to November. Like you got to be feeling really good about, about your team. I, I, I think the schedule point you make is interesting and in how different programs handle it. I saw James Franklin today in his press conference talked about there's a team in Kyle, in the big 10. And I think it's got to be one of the either Ohio state, Michigan, or um, maybe even like a Maryland who are, actively trying to buy themselves out of non-conference games because they want to play easier opponents. Um, And I think, too, it's like the point I made the other week on social media about um, the Penn State-Pitt battle, right? Everyone's, Mm -hmm. like, talking about why doesn't Penn State play Pitt? Why won't Penn State play Pitt? Uh, And the reason is because Penn State doesn't get anything out of that. Like, Penn State doesn't benefit whatsoever. Pitt does. Penn State doesn't. 
Penn State loses the game, all hell breaks loose. They win. It's a game they should win. It does nothing. And, and they'd rather a lot of times play an easier non-conference opponent. So, like, there's both ways to look at it. Are they going to go schedule bigger opponents? And are they going to try to, you know, get good good wins on the schedule? Because now we have the automatic qualifiers, and then we have, you know, the, the at-large bids that are going to be available too. So it's going to be interesting in how head coaches approach it um, and how, how athletic directors approach it when it comes to scheduling. I think conference realignment is going to play a role in that too. I think that's coming down the line too, where I think that there's going to be a drastic change in the next five years in college football from a conference realignment standpoint that is almost going to eliminate the ability for you to go out and schedule a game like we have this weekend with a UMass or like a Delaware game or something. I think it's going to eliminate that possibility for us, but that's that's a deeper conversation. And and, I mean, we could talk about this all day, but just – the lack of continuity across college football is going to have to change pretty soon. One of the wildest things to me in college football is that the people in charge of, of governing college football that make all the decisions are the school presidents and the conference commissioners, right? Those, that's who makes all the decisions. Mm-hmm. Those people who govern college football, that, the same people are also governing women's lacrosse, track and field, women's basketball, swimming and diving. Like there's not one person who just has college football's best interests at heart and is governing college football. Like the, the thought that like the people in charge of this sport also are in charge of all those other non-revenue sports is like really doesn't make sense at the end of the day when you think about it. And it's, and it's why there's no continuity. And then like you talked about conference realignment hack, the fact that the SEC plays one less conference game than the Big Ten, like, that makes no sense. Like, yeah. If I'm James Franklin, if I'm Jim Harbaugh, if I'm Ryan Day, we we want to play one less conference game because we're like, who are we competing with? We're competing with the SEC for playoff spots. We're so like the the the, the continuity. Like at some point, pretty soon, I, I, we're going to see the NCA get out of the the uh, the regulation, the governance part of it, uh, or at least the um, like the infraction part, like governing actual yeah. uh, uh, yeah. violations. Yes, get out of that part. And I, we're going to see some kind of either like power five um, commissioner, like some kind of college football commissioner uh, come in and the college football programs could be breaking off of the NCAA. At some point soon, it's a big enough business. There's going to have to be a college football commissioner that's in charge of college football and doesn't have to worry about making sure it's fair for all the other sports and just has college football's best interests at heart. Right. That's interesting, man. The inside take from the great AB. Giving us an inside peek into the NCAA. <laughs> I mean, what do you think about that? That I actually, I'll, I'll, I got that from Joel Klatt. The whole like, uh, yeah. he he made that comment. But like, you think like NFL is like the NFL commissioner. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that like the people making the the, the decisions on conference realignment on everything, they're not in charge of college football. They're in charge of all sports around, and no one's just like looking out for college football. Well, and what's pretty interesting is that they make some of the decisions they make. Exactly. They're looking out yeah. for all sports. Yeah. Yeah. Like bringing USC and UCLA into the Big Ten, and now or what was are, it? Are you? What are you? Are you against Big Ten? Re, uh, Big Ten expansion? No, I'm not. I'm just trying to figure out like how the schedule is sending a baseball team out there, and yeah. you know they're going to have to be gone for two weeks because you're not going to charter a flight out for two times to go play USC and UCLA. You know, early in the baseball yeah. season, middle of the baseball season, and then they're going to be out of class for two and a half weeks. So there's there's just a lot of logistics that go into it, and that's why I, I just. I've always said I think it's going to be an NFL model, a north and a south, and then you're going to have five or six subdivisions in the north and five or six subdivisions in the south, and that's ultimately how you're going to get to it. Um, yeah. But, you know, we'll see what happens. B, what you got cooking, bro? 
Not much, man. We're talking about AB, you know, moving and grooving, doing his thing out there. I'm loving everything we're seeing. Inspiring. Truly, it truly is. And if you got a chance to be a part of a few teams and you're just witnessing a lot of good college football, kind of wanted to ask you guys, with the Red River rivalry just passed last week, what is if you can go if you can go lace them up right now, what's a rivalry game in college football that you'd want to play for or play in? Oh, I got mine right now. No question. Okay. What is it? Army Navy. Mm-hmm. No question. Oh, okay. No Navy. question, dude. And I, I wouldn't even want to play quarterback. I like fullback. Like, put me a fullback or H back, dude. I want to go full head of steam for seventy plays and just bash my face into somebody else's. Taking knees up. Come on, you, 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 you are like an Army Navy guy. Like you're yeah, just my, like, my uncle. My uncle played in four of them. My uncle's a West Point guy, but um. Blood. Yeah, I just th- – there's something about that game. Dude. It gets its own weekend, the hype going yeah, into sure. it. Like, yeah. we, we played in games at Penn State that are pretty big. And, like, I'm sure the Cotton Bowl special uh, with, with the Red River rivalry, I'm sure, you know, the game is is special. Yeah, but, like, it, it, I feel like it's like going and playing Michigan or going and playing Ohio State or going and playing Wisconsin. Like, I feel like that feels the same. I just feel like you don't get a – there's no way to replicate an Army-Navy game. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, I don't know how I top that one. Uh, I'm going to go with. I mean, I'm trying to get something like creative, like Hacks just said. Like I'm trying I didn't to see that cool. one coming. I mean, like the rivalry game to me that's like that we've never been part of that I've always like wanted to be part of or at least see is the Alabama Auburn game. Like mm-hmm. that's that's something that I think is like it just the down south. It's just yeah. a little bit more passionate the down there about it. What's that? The Iron Bowl. So yeah. The Iron- yeah, I think that that would be a cool game to at least be part of. I want to go see, like at least see one in person and, and be part of it. Um, I think there's a great one this this weekend in Oregon, Washington. Yeah. I mean, it's not a huge like rivalry, rivalry, but they, they're rivals, and I think that'll be a fun one this coming weekend. We get to watch too. Yeah, I think SC Notre Dame this weekend too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. After Notre Dame's tough loss to Louisville, not good. Surprising loss. Surprising loss. Yeah. Shoot, man. Hey, what, what do we think about? Not that this is my podcast, I'm asking questions, but Hack wanted to ask you and and uh, about about Mario Cristobal mm. handing the ball off at the end of the game and not taking a knee. So, my God. I, I, what I'm trying to figure out is like I can't wrap my head around like how that actually happens, like, like how it happens where that gets allowed to like is it just a mistake that like they didn't realize they could run the clock well, out? Were they? Well, the funny thing is, you know this like how many guys are getting paid to be football coaches that are on that headset? Mm-hmm. That are telling them, and just take a knee. But I'm saying, like, whether they told him or, like, how that mm-hmm. chain of command <laughs> didn't, like, someone run out there and bang it, like, I don't know, bang a timeout yeah. and be like, what are we All doing right. or something? Um, that's that's a head scratcher. It, uh, you know, it sucks, dude. Because I, I was pulling for Miami to get hot and it'd be like the Miami-Florida State game be a crazy game. Um it still might be, but that's yeah. a dude. That's just, that's a swift kick in the nuts. Brutal. I think Brutal. I think it's it's a. I see it in basketball. Should I've been on sidelines? It's just chaos yeah. that goes on. And like you said, there's so many guys on the on the sideline. It brings me to the Boston um, Boston Celtics playoff game where the coach should have called a timeout and he didn't. And everyone's like, "Oh, what are you thinking?" And it's like. There's no assistant coach that's sitting right there like, yo, 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 yo. I don't know. It's a tough look. The kid was down, though. The, the proof is where he's down. He was down. Yeah. But either way, and what, is Mario Cristobal's second time doing that? 
that's the worst it's, part. Yeah, it's a tough look. But hey, coaches, coaches fuck up, man. Players get all the rap, yeah. but coaches they make mistakes. I mean, he I yeah. think he's he came out and owned up to it, but uh, yeah. they definitely make mistakes. Shoot, that's a tough. One. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't know. I think it's been. A, I think it's been a great a great college football season so far, and it's we've we've had so many things happen good, bad, ugly, and different to talk about. And like, it's just halfway. Like we still got so much more to cook up, which is, which is fantastic. But um, at least right now for, for our home, for our hometown boys, the Penn state Nittany lions, uh, we got, we got UMass. Um, As I've said, the Brenneman bowl, um, as I said, my feelings are hurt because I thought we were going to get exclusive with the Brennan Bowl, but um, <laughs> my, guy, my guy had to sell his soul to the UMass Collective up there and get on a podcast. Not knocking those guys. Good job on, on I guess, having a tight schedule and inviting somebody there that I didn't know I needed to because I thought our relationship ran a little bit deeper. And, no, my feelings are not hurt at all. You sound like um, Sickles last week bringing up the Ohio State. <laughs> yeah. But um, – <laughs> But yeah, man, um, I, I think this is an interesting one because historically speaking, uh, this came up last week actually as well. Be Penn State's been real kind of sketchy coming off of bye weeks under under Coach Franklin. Um, I forget the exact statistic, but I think it's something like you know like three or four and yeah, eight or seven or something. Like that. It's it's not good. Um, and I, I, I referenced how usually we've had. Ohio State by week than like Michigan or Michigan by week. Like it's always kind of been sandwiched in between two really, really good opponents. And, yeah. you know, I think that's both boded well and bad and whatever, however you want to take it. But um, we got, let's say it, a much lesser opponent here in UMass uh, coming to town. What do you mean um, by that? You know what I mean by that, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. What are you trying to say, man? Just go ahead. I know, but I mean, let's just—I'm I'm calling a spade a spade, dude. Yeah, I, don't, I, mean, I, don't, I don't got forty-two point underdogs. Forty-two point underdogs. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I, I mean, Vegas, Vegas is Vegas is putting putting it on the table with what I'm saying. I mean, they're I know. they're not cryptic yeah. about it, but yeah. um, you again, you've been you you coached at Arizona State. You've been part of like bye weeks and the processes of bye weeks. And for Penn State, like I said, I'm kind of teeing this up with UMass being here. What do you want to see out of this coaching staff specifically? Because I think these players have gone out and done a really good job of executing week in, week out. Coming off the bye week, uh, obviously a ton of internal study. I think that there was probably some forward thinking and, and working on Ohio State coming down the pipe. But what do you want to see this week that shows growth and maturity in the program? Um, and, and, and ultimately what's going to, I think, define – if we are ready to be not just the yeah. spoilers of the Big Ten, can we go out and get one from Ohio State? But but be able to be like, we're at this table, boys. Like this yeah. is this is a doggy dog world. We're all in the jungle. What do, what are you yeah. looking to see out of this coaching? State? Yeah, great question. I I, I think uh, there's a few things. One is like great teams have to handle business when they have to handle business, and Penn State needs to handle business against UMass. Uh, they, I know it's cliche. They got to start fast. And just put their foot on the gas and don't let up, and don't look ahead. I like I just got asked this on that on a, the last pod. Like, how how do they not look ahead to Ohio State? I mean, because you can't. Like, you can't slip up. This can't be. A, if you're Penn State, this can't be a close game. Um, you can't you can't win by 14 points. Like, you have to dominate UMass um, in today's college football with the playoff committee and everything. Like, you have to win this game by a lot. 
I want to see the offense. I, I, I just got done watching the Northwestern tape from two weeks ago. The offense has been efficient. It's been uh, – they've taken care of the football. Of, of everything Drew Aller's done, his best stat is he hasn't turned the ball over. Uh, he's distributed it well. The receivers, I think, have played pretty well. The one thing they haven't been is overly explosive. Um, now, I'll make the argument that anytime you average 40 points a game and 450 yards a game of offense, you're explosive. Uh, but they haven't been explosive in the running game uh, as far as, like, actual explosive plays. And they yeah. haven't been super explosive <laughs> in the passing game. Uh, and again, like I, I think you can make the argument that they haven't had to be, and they've played the style of football that's going to win games. But I, I, in order for me to believe that Penn State can win one of the big two, I need to see. I want to see them be more explosive on offense and and be able to push the ball down the field. And you know, I mean, you know this, Chris, like both of you, like the challenge for a quarterback all the time is. Uh, everyone, uh, accuracy, all that stuff is important, right? Like, it's all great. But can you push the ball down the field without turning it over? Like, that is the, that's the challenge. We haven't really seen Aller push it down the field all that much, um, which, again, plays into probably how, this, how, they've, how they design the game plans, what they need to do when your defense plays as well they, as they have and the, and the opponents you're playing. You don't need to push it down the field that much. But at some point, they're going to take some shots down the field. They're going to need to th- throw the ball to beat – uh, Michigan and Ohio State. So uh, I think that's the big thing that the one question mark maybe is like how explosive is, is this offense and the running game explosiveness or not. This running game is supposed to be the strength of the team. The running backs supposed to be the, st- the strength of the team. I want to see them yeah. get loose a little bit and, and, and break a big one. B, what do you got for that? Like, what, what do you, what do you, are you echoing the same stuff Adam just said, or do you got, do you got something to add? Uh, I mean, it's hard not to. We talked about it last week, and everything you just said, obviously, you're dropping 40 points. Uh, it's hard to complain and nitpick. So I just heard Franklin go off in the uh, the presser earlier about, you know, chucking the ball deep. Yeah. And I know where he's coming from, yeah. but also feel for the reporter where he's saying, are there any design plays to go deep, and are you going to, like, let, let loose, you know? Let loose, throw the deep ball. If you have one-on-one – at least yeah. I'm saying that. If you have one-on-one and it's an advantageous situation, yeah. do so. But I would like to see that as well. I mean, we keep talking about the stable of athletes they have and the receivers. They got the big kid from uh, Florida State. It would be nice to see. It's fun to watch as a fan. Strictly a fan is fun to watch Yeah, from the passing game. But also it's like you're protecting this young quarterback. As we said, zero interceptions, less risks. It bodes well for his confidence. And as we know, you know, you you throw the ball up there, it's 50-50 ball no matter how you see it. So I understand it. It's funny you say that because, I I mean, you guys, both of you guys played with me. Like, I I was always kind of that gunslinger mentality. Like, I'm going to take – I'm going to take my shots. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to take my chances. I think with Drew, he's – and I said this last week, I just don't think he's comfortable seeing it. Like, even the double move they threw against Northwestern, I thought he was just late. And, like, the ball carried kind of out of the back of the end zone, and they ran through my guy Joe Herman's face. I just thought it was late. Like, I just think yeah. he's not, like, quite on the same page with those guys in terms of, like, throwing the ball with anticipation. And what, the minute he feels any sink or doesn't see a really clear picture, he just – he takes the efficient play, which I can't knock the kid for that. That's, that's staying on schedule, and that's great. Um, but the other thing is I don't I don't really see these receivers, like, creating tons and tons of separation. You know, you, you look at the big explosives early in the season with like the 
uh, West Virginia where Keandre mm-hmm. – like Drew threw that ball late. Keandre made a great play, scored whatever. But, he, you know, he had some pocket movement, made some unnecessary move. I just think it's like he's got to settle in. they got to take the training wheels off, though, because he's going to have to play well coming up. Yeah. Um, and I think this is a great week to, like, test those things, to your point, Abe. Like, n- not just chuck it up, but have some design shots. And another thing is, is we got that stable of tight ends. We use them really well in the red zone. I think that's a great way to create explosives with advantageous mismatches in the middle of the field. Yeah. Um, and I think those guys are going to create some more separation than maybe these receivers are doing at this moment. So, and those yeah, tough that's it. I, I, that's I felt that I felt that Coach Franklin's um, rant. Did, uh, did you see that hack? In, yeah. in the I thought his rant about uh, for the fans. Let's say like a, a reporter asked, "Why don't you just have Drew like throw it deep no matter what and chuck the ball up in the you know to a, one of your receivers?" And we we all know Coach Franklin very well. Like we all knew what the reporter was asking, right? And and he very like uh, made a decision to make a point of like what like trying to make you know making the guy look stupid for the question. It was a bad question, but like we all knew what he meant. Um, and but made a point and said like you know we would never do that. We would never just throw it deep on purpose. Like blah blah. And I thought that like you can tell you can infer a lot about that. Like that tells me one. There's a lot of talk on social media about the offense not being explosive, about Aller not pushing the ball down the field, about not being able to create big plays. That clearly shows some frustration from Coach yeah. Franklin's part about that narrative, right? And what he's really saying by making a by making a point with the reporter is just that if we don't have to throw the ball down the field, if, if the ten yard completion's there, if the check down's there, if the if the tight end stick route's there, like we're going to throw it every time and and be efficient on offense and move the chains, and that the offense has been really good despite not not creating a ton of explosive plays. So I just thought that was interesting, and like there's always more than just like oh he's just he just hated the question by the reporter. He's making a point and strategically making it because he's frustrated, in my opinion, about the narrative online and about around the program that the offense isn't explosive. Yeah, you you agree with that? Like, yeah, I do. I think it's situationally too. Like, I think setting Drew up on like second shorts and being able to take those yeah. shots and know that you got like. I think it's just not telling him to chuck it, but basically yeah. saying like mm-hmm. we're throwing this post or th- to this over to the check down and like work through it. But like, if you if it's even a maybe, like start maybe thinking about it. I, I, I'm sure those conversations are coming up where if it's like yeah. trust your guy to run it and he's got it. So I think it's just part of his development, and we're gonna get there. Um, now with that, AB, let's take it to the UMass side, right? They're coming into a game where they're 42 point dogs. You've played in some really big games at UMass, uh, big venues, Florida, um, probably missing probably two or two, two or three others, but, um, what's the mindset like in that locker room? I think that's a unique perspective right. that you probably aren't going to be able to get much, yeah. much else. The guy who's played in both sides of this, what's that perspective like, um, just getting prepared mentally and and the coaching staff. And obviously you're going to play to win the fucking game, but like, yeah. you know, what's the, what's the mindset like? Yeah. I think back to the times when I was at UMass and for those two years, I mean, we were independent, which they still are. Like we played a ton of really big opponents, got you know, our program, got paid a lot of money to play in those games. And we were 30 plus play underdogs for almost all of them. And we almost beat a lot of those teams. I mean, you look back at the scores on some of those games. Mm-hmm. I mean, my senior year at UMass, we were at Tennessee and had a drive to win the game. Uh, we were 35-point underdogs for that game. We were at South Carolina. Um, I had two touchdowns in that game. We, 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 had, we lost by eight points. We had the ball to tie it up, didn't, didn't score to end the game. We were 30-some-point underdogs. I mean, there were big games that we, we played in. I think 
I, I mean, it's hard because it's obviously a new staff, different players. Like we always went into those games knowing one that you had absolutely nothing to lose, and we all felt like because our program at that point was built on a lot of Power Five transfers. Um, me, Andrew Ford, like a lot of guys um, that had played big time football that all went to play at UMass. Like we believed that we could beat these guys. And we we're like, yeah, we're we're actually better than a lot of these players. If, if like player to player um so we always had that confidence i think mark whipple who's our head coach then did a great job of just like letting us play loose and play mistake free and uh taking shots early in the game and trying to get momentum at, at every everything you know every way possible i do think the one thing that coach whipple did a good job of in those games i look back and like think about how we manage those coach whipple was really big on momentum and and just that you got to try to get momentum on your side as soon as possible. And then when we got momentum, a lot of times in those kind of games, he would do everything to try to keep the momentum um, and just like almost play a little bit more conservative when you, when you get momentum to try to get to the second half with a close game. Um, mm-hmm. So like we would t- have a big drive. We'd take shots on the field. Like, we, you know, a lot, a lot of those games we played hurry up. We would go like, we would go just like two minutes or all game. But then like when, once we scored and it's seven, seven, like, all right, let's hold the ball now and have an eight minute drive. Um, yeah. so I thought he did a good job in that of managing it from that standpoint. Cause really your goal is to get to the second half with a one score game. If you get the second half one score game, anything can happen. You kind of that, that then then it's, then you're just playing ball and you're trying to win the game, but you can't get blown out in the first half. So it all starts with belief. I, I, I think, um, and being able to play risk free, uh, like this is, or you know, yeah, like without any hesitation, because for UMass, like no one expects you to win it. Take some shots, go play ball, have some fun. You lose by forty five, no one cares, right? It's just like it is what it is. And if you lose by two touchdowns, it's like it's like you won the game. So um, UMass just has to go play. You know they got after it up at UMass, dog. You know they got after it. <laughs> oh, got after it, man. Got after it. So yeah, it, it's uh. Yeah, it, it should it should be a great and t- like great for college football, like for players at UMass to get this kind of exposure, play on Big Ten Network mm-hmm. on national TV, and um, be able to play in this kind of atmosphere will be will be really cool. For sure, for sure. Hmm. Well, offensively, man, I, I you know I'm I'm excited about it. I just hope that they they start opening up a little bit, they start catching a rhythm, and you know they just they keep doing what they're doing. I think if they just keep chopping wood, stuff's gonna mm-hmm. pop. Um, and I know that's not what Penn State fans want to hear. We're all impatient. We want to see uh, the explosion. We've been used to it for the last few years. I mean, yeah. come on. That's true. But I think we just got to keep chopping wood here. And, you know, got a big one coming up after it. So, um, B, what you got for the defense, bro? Yeah, man. For the defense, coming off a of bye week, as we said, you know, record has not been too great. We've got UMass coming up. I want to see, you know, Christmas, you know. It's a chance for guys to kind of the coaches and the players to really hone in on the small, finer details. You know, for defense, for me, it's it's formation recognition, it's route recognition in the routes. You know, AB just hit a, gr- a great point. It's how can these teams get momentum? That's a that's a big it's explosive play in a run or the pass game. We saw it against Delaware, gave them an inch of light with that big run. Next to you know, they're fired up, and uh, you know, a slightly better team can capitalize off that. So. Kind of, I don't want to see any of those type of plays, and that comes with alignment and assignment pretty much, just the regular details back to kind of camp mode. We've been talking about this D-line every week, and the linebackers at front seven, gap accountability. You know, there's no excuse to why UMass should be banging you out of a gap and they're going for 80. 
So those are the, those are kind of the smaller things that I'm looking to see. And just continue to fly around, be fast, man. I mean, got to start fast as the defense has been doing for majority of the season. But it could be a little a little scary if the defense comes out a little slow, you know, and the offense is maybe not clicking the way they're supposed to be. That's been a big thing is the defense has given the offense short yeah. fields. I said that the yeah. week, but they, they've given them a lot of short fields. I mean, I, I kind of look at it like all this Dak Prescott uh, kind of downpour this last week or two. His record, not comparing him to RQB or anything like that, but just saying an offense playing with a great defense definitely obviously helps a lot. I don't want to be on the side where the defense maybe isn't there one week. Obviously, the better opponents are coming. So we need to be clicking on all cylinders. And one more point. I'll add, I'm looking to see explosiveness out of the special teams unit. That's one thing no one's really talked about because we're beating teams by 40. Yeah. But I want, to see, I want to see that. You know, they played the old Saquon uh, kick return touchdown homecoming week with the fresh white unis that they're wearing this week. And they got me thinking, like, what? I need to see another kick return. You know, I need to see yeah. kick return, punt return. We haven't had that in a minute. Yeah. We had a couple of those a year for like the last three or four yeah. years now. That's what I'm saying. So that's that's one key that I'd look to, you know, hopefully we expound on that. You know, I got the young kid Sanders back there in punt return. Speedy, I want to see something, man. Get a little risky back there. Mm. I like it. You got anything for A.B.? A B A B A B. Yeah, I got, I, got, I, got, I got a few questions for A B. Let's see. Oh boy. No, 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 nothing, nothing like that. <laughs> but uh, just I'll both you too. guys, both you guys. Give me a starting with A B. Give me top two or three Penn State moments, whether on the field, classroom, Ooh. in the dorms, whatever it may be. Top two, three, one, whatever. Okay. Um. My when I think about my like Penn State and the time there, my the one moment that I'll never forget is uh, was was the locker room after the Wisconsin game, twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think that <clears throat> we all played well in that game, and uh, I think that was a big moment. We were speaking of being big underdogs. What were we twenty eight point underdogs? Yeah. I remember Bill O'Brien? He's like twenty eight point. Fucking underdogs. <laughs> I remember. I remember. Pre, I remember. I remember before the game, even like that week of practice. I think it was like O'Brien never would talk about like outside noise, right, outside right. media. I remember the Vegas lines came out and it was twenty eight points, and he like came in the, whatever twenty. I think it was twenty eight, and he came in the team meeting room and he just started the meeting. He's like twenty eight points, <laughs> twenty eight point underdogs against Wisconsin and he just like you know went on one of his rants but I, that was a big that was a big uh big big week I mean that was that was a fun I'm time I'm gonna interject here do you remember I think it was after the walkthrough because we had like a shitty walkthrough and he came in and lit us up about that and then he stormed out of the team meeting do you remember that he stormed really. out of the team meeting room went up the thing and all you just heard him was screaming like kicking fucking trash cans <laughs> as he's walking up the thing and like everyone was like Oh, even the coaching staff was like, where's he going? <laughs> like, going everyone was like, what is going on? He just walked out. It was like, 24 point dogs. Are you kidding me? Because <laughs> game goes, and he's just walking, and, like, you hear the door slam, and he's still screaming as he's walking out, Lash going up to the coach's office. I remember that like it was yesterday. Now that you brought that up, that was hilarious. <laughs> we need OB yeah, on there. We got to reach out to OB. And, I mean, the Patriots are going through a little rough time right now. But. B, 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 you remember when, when Hack missed the meeting? <laughs> <laughs> that? that was like that was like 
That's right after Michigan. Yeah, that's like OB's like kid, like his own son. Oh, it was like his son. He was so disappointed, dude. <laughs> dude, I'll never forget Charlie Fisher. for half the damn meeting. I'll never forget Charlie Fisher, who was the quarterback's coach. Uh, uh, O'Brien's like middle of the meeting, and he's like, "Where's Christian?" Because they sat right, right in the middle, and then and then O'Brien's like looking around. He's like. Where the hell's Christian? And then Charlie Fisher, the Correst coach, is like sitting right there. And now he starts panicking. And then O'Brien's like, Charlie, where's Christian? And, and Charlie Fisher was like, I thought you knew where he was. <laughs> and that was the wrong answer. Where were you, Christian? That, and, that's the question. O'Brien was like, go fucking get him. Oh, man, that's the worst text. To wake up to, yo, where are you? At uh, I was halfway I was halfway across Polly Commons when, Char- when Coach Fisher finally called uh, me. And I'm like, I'm coming. And I just hung up. Like, I didn't even give him any time to see him. Like, I was full sprint. Yeah. I didn't get much sleep that weekend. And Brent, and I'm not I'm not selling out my roommate, but I my alarm went off. He was walking out. I'm like, yo, wake me up in 15 minutes. And my didn't happen, my huh? <laughs> it happened. Yeah, I remember yeah. a quick OB story. And not really a story, but a moment. I don't think I ever told anyone this, but I remember it was me and Richie Anderson. Remember Rich? We're just oh, yeah. on a knee in Haluba. It might have been that Wisconsin week, or it was late in the season. It was cold. That's why we were in Haluba. We're just on a knee doing a water break or something. Ob walks past. He goes, "You got you guys are gonna play in some bowl games." And we're like, "Okay, where?" And he's like, "Nah, you guys are gonna be good." And just thinking like, just foreseeing. I don't know. I guess this is before. This is before everything came out. Obviously, with yeah. the release of the band, bowl band. I remember sitting there like. That made me feel good. I also thought he was going to be our coach throughout that time. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that was some foreshadowing when he said, yeah, you yeah. guys, not <laughs> <laughs> You should have told me about that shit, B. He's like, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I was a young buck. I'm just, you know, yeah. my ear thinking like, oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, That's fun. Well, I didn't mean to cut you off, Adam. Did you have any other spectacular points to bless us with that you didn't tell the UMass guys before you got on here? <laughs> No. What, wait, what, what was my question? Well, you gave us – I just asked for the top Penn State moments. You gave us the locker room. Oh. Anything, anything, off, oh, the another field, Penn State anything off the field? Another Penn, well, one more on the field is like my first ever touchdown at Penn State. We're in the huddle against Purdue, and I, it was on the goal line, and uh, Christian looks at me like right before we break the huddle because it's like a bootleg, and he's like mm-hmm. grabs me as he always does, and he's like, get your head around. <laughs> that was his first thing because they were going to bring pressure off the edge. And uh, and I was like, what's he doing? I didn't even know what you were talking about at the time. And then sure enough, I was like clicked right as the play started. He's like, oh, he means look for the ball early. <laughs> and then threw me my first touchdown. That was, that was nice to you, Christian. Uh, off the mm-hmm. field, um, yeah, a lot of good memories off the field, man. Uh <laughs> Yeah, we we had a good uh Nittany apartments, good time, eleven oh one Nittany apartments. Yeah. Um Yeah, it was a it was a good time. We, we, we had a lot of fun. Whipple, shout out to uh, young Whipple. Yeah. <laughs> you guys Yeah, there. Austin Whipple, shout out Austin Whip, the uh the roommate from, from back in the day. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah I think a lot of those stories from off the field uh should be better off kept in a in a ball. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I yeah, we, 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 we had we had fun, but we we were we were good. We were good kids. Very good for the most we part. Were. Yeah. yeah, we were good college kids. I think. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that definition means, loosely. I, I, I remember. Oh, here's another Bill O'Brien story. So 
when uh, <laughs> we were off campus, I, we had – so if you remember, like freshman year, I enrolled early. B-Bell, well, you, you weren't early. No, you weren't an early enrolled. So I was early. So I lived in the Nittany Apartments when all the rest of the freshmen lived in the dorms. So I had 1101 Nittany Apartments when you guys all got there. Privilege. So, of course, like because I had an apartment, we were the gathering spot for the, all the team, right? So all the players would come over. You guys would all come to 1101. We would throw some gatherings at 1101 Nittany Apartments my freshman year. And so, uh, so, so and uh, but 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 you weren't allowed to do that at any apartments. It's an on campus apartment. It's a dry campus. No alcohol. No parties. No noise after like ten p.m. Well, we threw a lot of parties, obviously, and had some fun freshman year. I remember we got I got written up one time. I got written up by the campus, not, not like the police, like the campus yeah. security, whatever. Like they wrote my name up and they emailed. Um, they emailed. Maybe it was Kirk Deal, like someone at Penn State. It was they emailed uh, and it got to Bill O'Brien that I got written up. So freshman year, I never, I'll never forget this. I'm in the weight room working out with Fitz, and O'Brien comes over the balcony in, at the at the weight room, and he's like, "Bring him in," and I'm like, I "Look up," and he's like, "Come here." So I like run up the stairs, and he's like, "Come, come here," and we walk to his office, and I sit down, and he goes, "He's like, you got written up last weekend." I was like, ah, coach. Like, I thought he was like kind of joking around. I'm like, ah, coach. Like, yeah, I got written up. It won't happen again. He's like, how many? This is before the freshman season. He said, how many? How many passes have you called at Penn State? Mm. And I was like, none. And he goes, and you will never fucking catch one (laughs) if you get written up again. <laughs> and then he's like, "Go back to the weight room." <laughs> I can see his stern ass face. Now, I thought he was like half joking when he wrote me up. He was like, "Ah, they, they wrote you up." You know, he wasn't oh man, <laughs> he is a national treasure, folks. And yeah, B Bell, you're right. Um, him and Fitz. We'll reach out. That would be a good one. Yeah, Fitz. Fitz is actually close. You know, he's up in North Carolina. Yeah, 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 he's right down the street from me. Close by. That'd be funny. Um, so yeah, so that's that's how focused we are on UMass. Um, we're telling we're telling old war stories. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm looking I'm looking forward to seeing some explosive out of these boys, and I, I think that that's all that's all fine and dandy. I think we need to have that in this pod. I thought that was fantastic, fantastic segment. Um, kicking us right into mailbag, which has become another fantastic segment here on the pocket. Uh, and and because we've kept Adam here for the mailbag, there are there are some. Some questions directed towards Adam. Um, oh boy! Yeah, Good yeah. Um, we got. I'll start with that one. Uh, we got one from Herf Joan underscore. Oh no! Um, you know who that is? <laughs> yeah, it's Ryan Herf. Uh, oh, your boy. Even perfect, dude. <laughs> Even better. Shout out Ryan Herf for this one. Uh, rumor has it Adam will be doing the coin flip prior to the kickoff. It's only right. Is this breaking news? Um, what do you got for that, Adam? Is this something so, that we don't know? Yeah, I uh, I have not been invited to the coin flip. Uh, <laughs> did not get any invites from the Penn State program, although they've been great to me. haven't invited me to this game. Um, no honorary captain. But I will say UMass did ask me to join the radio broadcast for the Penn State UMass game. Uh, unfortunately, I will not be at the game. I have. I am calling the Troy Army game on CBS Sports Network nice. on Saturday at three thirty. So I will be engulfed in Army football uh, during this Penn State UMass game. So I will not be there. 
uh, did not get asked to do the coin flip. I don't think that I am uh, relevant enough at Penn State to uh, to be asked to do that. Maybe Christian Hackenberg would get would get an invite for a coin flip, but no. I didn't. I didn't save the program. You know? No, I think you just got double booked. Penn State. <laughs> double booked. No, it's okay. Let me let me get the next mail back. This is perfect for this pod. You guys been listening. These two have been going at it the whole episode. So Nittany underscore lover says. Penn State lifer and just found out about the Lions Den podcast. Shout out to those guys, Dawk and Hawk and Jerry and those guys. And, the, and he says, and the meaning behind their name. If Hack and Adam were put into the Lions Den drill, who's coming out <laughs> on top? <laughs> well, oh, like right now? I'm definitely running through that motherfucker right now. <laughs> I think I would give it. I think I would give it to Hack. I, I don't. I'm not in. I'm not in top shape. My knees falling apart. I don't. I don't think that I would. Uh, I don't think I would perform very well. So I'll give. I'll give Hack that. I'll, I'll, give I'll say that. this. In your prime, you both your Penn State primes. Me and Adam went uh, added a bunch tight end linebackers. You know, but Hack, there was one moment in Haluba. You got damn stiff army as you're going out of bounds. I'll never forget this. That was so heated. You know, you're not supposed to touch the quarterback. Can't touch the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. You, you looked at me, and I, I did say my bad. I think I did. You looked at me, though, like you were about to chin check me, dude. I, I do remember I was that. Pissed, but I did respect that. I was like, okay, this, he has a lot more punch than I maybe ever knew he did. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mike might have got that. I don't know. But, uh, Brennerman, you were feisty for sure, man. You were scrappy. Me and you had some battles for sure. I was I was a tough blocker, right? I don't think he was point of attack. We weren't running sword and lance too out of no, 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 too often. No, no. I would check the run away from me every time yeah, I go, was running to Jesse James. Yeah, I was about to say you go to Jesse for that one. <laughs> Bill would be like blue lance, and that meant you know you could flip it either way, and I was pretty much going away from me. <laughs> oh man. Um Daggum. So uh, let's go to uh, Jenny Kramer ten underscore. Um, loving loving the interaction here. We get we got a good little good little Keep group. Not looking like an even matchup against UMass for obvious reasons. What do you guys need to see from this offense to feel confident about the time off from the bye week and leading up to the Ohio State game? So we something we already kind of touched on, but she did mention leading up to the Ohio State game, and I did mention how I think during the time off they probably spent some time on it. Therefore, do you think that affects the game plan at all? I think that I'm going to elaborate on Jenny's question here. Do you think that affects the game plan offensively heading into UMass? What's that like? The 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 the, the thought of Ohio State being next week, having a bye week, where again, I think that they probably had some free time on their hands at some point in time, mm. and may or may not have had a couple scripted periods towards some things that they're going to see at the horseshoe uh, on the yeah. – on the, uh, is that the 21st? I'll kick it yeah. off. I mean, I, I think so. I think yes. I mean, it goes into two different ideologies. You know, are they vanilla, which someone did ask in here. Are they coming in here vanilla? Or do they show some looks, maybe some dummy looks? Or do they show real looks to kind of, you know, make you think about more, uh, what's more to come? And I think, I think they do open it up, kind of similar to the explosives conversation about Franklin and the coaching staff, hearing about it all week. I mean, obviously, they, they plan for explosive. Every team wants explosive plays. So I think I think we get a conscious effort of those plays this week. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think from a preparation standpoint, like I, I can 
speak to it from like being in those coaches meetings at Arizona state and what we did, um, you know, we wouldn't look ahead with our players. Like the players wouldn't look ahead. We wouldn't talk to them about another opponent. We weren't doing periods in practice where it was like Ohio state period, but it was really UMass week. Uh, we didn't do that, but as coaches, we did. So like in coaches meetings and bye weeks, especially we would, we would scout for upcoming games, big games on the schedule and at least put a preliminary plan in place for what we would do. Like if it was a bye week and we had like, again, if, if we were from when I was coaching, like two two weeks ahead, what's that? It said, if you had a team like SC two weeks ahead, yeah, exactly. You know, like USC two weeks ahead, like, and it's a bye week, maybe that Monday we're actually going to game plan rundowns for USC. And it's gonna and it's gonna give us like a base of of knowledge and all this stuff to to then when we get the USC week we're ahead and we already have okay we know we like inside zone we know we like counter and we know you know you kind of have that and and also the back end of the support staff support staff is always working ahead so like analysts um, all the consultants all the analysts off the field which there's a ton of Penn State are always scouting ahead on teams so um, they're definitely internal at Penn State and the coaching staff have been working ahead on Ohio State. But I promise you, Coach Franklin ain't telling that to his players no. or telling it publicly to anybody uh, that, that they're looking ahead. Hmm. All right. Let's uh, – there's a couple here and one that I'm actually afraid of uh, a little bit because I didn't dive into it that far. Maybe Adam has and can give some light into that. Uh, let, let's Let's do that. Let's go uh, a, a repeat offender, G-Money, at Grant Grasha. Gracia, Grasha. Um, with the Big Ten releasing the 2024 to 2028 schedules. You studied those, Adam? Uh, um, I know them, but haven't studied them. What Don't are some them. of the matchups you're looking forward to, and how did you think the Big Ten handled the scheduling conflict of rivalries, distance, and strength of schedule? I think that's what SOS means. You figured that out a, a lot better than that. That's a <laughs> – that's a great uh, a great question. I don't have the schedule off the top of my head. I know who Penn State plays um, as far as like the new opponents. I know they go to USC, um, which will be which will be a cool one. Um, so you know that'll be that'll be an exciting game. They host Washington, um, so like those are awesome matchups. They host UCLA in twenty twenty four. So again, like I mean. Like guys that love college football, like UCLA, Penn State at Penn State in what in October, like that that game fires me up. I think that'll be exciting. Um, those matchups are really cool. I, I do think the whole like protected rivalry thing. I've seen a lot of Penn State fans talk about this online. So like I don't know how much you guys saw the schedule. So the Big Ten, each you know they there's no divisions anymore. So um, you're gonna everyone plays everyone like a certain amount of times every couple of years, whatever, however it works. But some schools have protected rivals where they play them every year. And it's like Penn State – or it's Michigan and Ohio State. It's, you know, Oregon and Washington. It's USC, UCLA. It's, you know, whatever. Um, Penn State is the only school in the Big Ten with no protected rival in the Big Ten schedule. Only school. Every other program has a – like Maryland Rutgers, protected rival. Everyone has a protected rival Mm -hmm. other than Penn State. And everyone's freaking out. Like, why don't we have a protected rival? Why don't we – but, like – and I actually talked to Coach Franklin about this. Like, why would Penn State want a protected rival? Because like, we're on right, dude. Who would it be, number one? And it's a, if it's Ohio State or Michigan. So you're going to say, okay, we're going to guarantee we play Ohio State every year? 
or we're going to guarantee we play Michigan every year. And then, like, if our protected rivals like Maryland, like, we who even wants them? At, who wants that as a rival? So our, our, I, think it, I think it actually works out well for Penn State not having a protected rival. There's that, that means that, like, next year Penn State doesn't play. They play, uh, they play Ohio State, not Michigan. So, like, you know, it, it, it bodes well in that regard. Aren't we, like, uh, aren't our rivals, like, Wisconsin or not Wisconsin, uh, Michigan State, Michigan Minnesota. State and, uh, Minnesota, yeah. I mean, yeah, so, are they though? I mean, it's like, it's but that's the way we got trophies, yeah. though, right? Like, yeah. Those are trophy games, right? Yeah, but that's we are unrivaled. That's always been the same. That's what I'm saying. We're unrivaled. Yeah, that played in well. <laughs> well, yeah. That was, that was great foreshadowing by Coach oh, Frank. No. He knew that was wow. going to happen. Dang, that's great. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I wish I had that foresight. <laughs> you got any more on here? Um, we gotta have one more, dude. Uh, I'll pick one. Let me see. Yeah, one more. <clears throat> that's that's like not like uh, what about Donnie, Don Runyon. Get Donnie, get Donnie, dude. Shout out to Donnie at Don Runyon. Why does Yershit's play calling and aggressiveness look way different on the road than at home? This hmm. may be subjective, but I think it might be subjective. Adam, you you have the pleasure of having. The tape. What I mean, what have you seen? I, I can talk kind of high level of what I've just seen, like watching the games on TV copies, mm-hmm. but it's it is hard. Um, what, you've you, you got a little bit of a different vantage point there. What, what have you seen? Yeah, I don't know if I've really thought that the play calling per se. I mean, obviously, like on the road at Northwestern, they didn't play well. You know, it's so like that. That that's whether it's, yeah, it's the execution. Yeah, yeah. like actually, yeah, I haven't seen a massive change in like how Yurich calls the game. Um, but yeah, I, I think that they, like they didn't play well early on against Northwestern. Obviously, played well later in the game. Uh, and I think a lot of times when things don't go well or when execution is not happening, it's easy to blame the play caller or think that things are getting called a certain way. Mm-hmm. But it may not be. Or a play might have been called that just you know didn't get executed the right way or didn't get checked to the right call or like things like that happen. So I think it's hard to say like he's calling the game differently. I, I almost can probably promise you like he's not intentionally like calling the game differently right. based on the road or at home. It's just a matter of how the game plays out and execution and, and being able to, you know, they're, they're going to look different when they don't play well against Northwestern on the road than they do when they play West Virginia at home and are rolling on all cylinders. Yeah. You know, what, 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 yeah, what do you think? think? I mean, I, I can't think of anything that's super different about no, I mean, I, I I can guarantee that he's not calling the game any differently. Like, he's not yeah. waking up saying, like, I'm playing in Northwestern, I'm going to call more. Like, he's not doing that. Yeah. I, I What I did see is is a lot more miscommunications. I saw some timing deficiencies with Drew and the receivers in particular on some of the more, like, pure field progression type stuff, pure progression type reads. Yeah. Um on some like third and third and fives and stuff like that. So it's like, I just think it, it, it again, but goes back to kind of just the execution, like we said, and you know, the, the receiving core, like the one thing I, I want to see is like one of these receivers just be that Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, even hammy at times, like guys who like, feed me the ball 15 times because I'm going to win one-on-one because they're going to get one-on-ones because teams really can't cloud a guy yeah. and like give up everything else in Penn state's attack. Like they're so strong in the run game. They have so many good tight ends. Like you really can't try to take a singular guy away. So with that, you get a lot of one-on-ones and like, I just, I'd almost like to see them get to that, like, 
here's our zone progression. But if you got like Keandre one-on-one back here, like with a stop route or comeback or something timing related, like let's just work that. Cause Drew, I think throws those really, really well. And like, I want to see Keandre just be that guy who's like, I can go out and win no matter what. Like, I'm just, I'm going to go win nine times yeah. out of 10. Um, and I think just those types of things are again, just, just the evolution of a young quarterback and a play caller and, yeah. and getting on the same page and, executing when they need to execute how they need to execute with whatever's called but yeah yeah b do you got anything to add on that one no nah, man i'm right with both you guys receivers you know it's contested catches you know we know it's coming i would like to see yeah. the separation created this week but you know there's athletes every school has athletes you know corner can stick around with the receiver but just the contested catches as you just said man you know what i'm gonna you know what i want to see I want to see like fucking ride one thirty five magic to open up the game in a post over the top, dude. I want the hardest ball <laughs> power run fake yeah. in the planet. Freaking send the guys kickouts yeah. and just post over, dude, and and live and die by it. I bet you. I bet you they run right by them. Yeah, I mean yeah. they have the ability to. And I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if if something like that might happen with all that uh, explosiveness commentary. commentary. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say for either give me like first first down, um, right early on in this game. Like I think I think they'll they're or like get like early on like second and one, second and two. Like they'll 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 try to get a big one. Um, I'm telling yeah, you, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna predict it right now. I'm gonna go right now. We'll come back next week. I'm gonna go first first down. Penn State gets next play. They'll 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 take a play action shot. First. Yeah, first first down, or the first second and like short. Yeah, but I I, I really want to see just nuts hanging first play like bad. <laughs> yeah, but I would if yeah. I was if I was Mike Yersich, that's what I would do. I'd be yeah. like, don't care. This is what's happening. Figure it out. Yeah, first play. <laughs> oh, it's coming. Out. It's coming. They're supposed to play. As we said last week, they're coming. All pass game, run game, they're coming. They're coming. Just gotta stick to, stick the course. State of course. Yep. Or even or even bigger nuts. He's he's running he's running punch or power first play and then next week he opens up the game with that. Yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. going on. That'd be bigger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would I would I would drive the I would drive the state college again on that Monday <laughs> after the October sixteenth Champs Live podcast and I'd buy Mike here such a beer or three. You buy him a beer at the free event? No, no, no. I'm saying oh, after the, the following week, the following Monday, I'd take Another eight hours out of my day driving to State College and back in one day, and I'd go just to buy him a couple beers. <laughs> I'm right. If he opens up the Ohio State game with a f- fucking 75 yard, 85 yard oh, touchdown, only if they complete it for a touchdown. I know oh, exactly, yeah, but yeah. I'm saying if he does it, I, yeah. I just be fantastic. It's coming, man. It's coming. I can see it. Anyway, that's a wrap, man. That's the pocket with Brandon Bell and Christian Hackenberg. Uh, we were we were Adam Brenneman's second. I'm going to continue to remind folks that we were his we were his backup. He chose UMass over us, so we're going to continue to to beat that dead horse. <laughs> I'm whipping the hell out of that. But, um, but um, for those of you that don't know, Adam is a co-founder of Mercury. He's part of the team that brought this podcast together. So we are forever grateful for that. Um, this is just the beginning. If you guys uh, would be so kind as to give this a like, subscribe. Um, follow us, spread it through your friend groups um, at State Media PSU. Um, we're on YouTube and anywhere else you can find uh, podcasts. Um, it will be greatly appreciated. We always appreciate the Mailbag Monday participation, and we will continue yes. to give you guys your roses with that. 
B-Bell's up next week. Um, Champs Live event. Am I missing anything else, boys? Can I, can I give a closing comment? No, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, sure. Well, number one, we'd love to see everyone at Champs. Uh, as Hack has said, we'll all be there, which will be great. Um, and uh, I'm not just saying this because we're on the pod, but you guys have been killing it with this. It's been fun to see all the clips on social media, everyone loving it, Penn State fans loving it. Um, it's been fun to see both you guys get in the media space. Um, get get Hackenberg out and about in the Penn State world. I mean, we like we didn't we didn't hear from the guy for six years. And now he's now he's back involved and, and doing stuff. So you guys have been crushing it. This thing's gonna keep growing and growing. We'll do more and more stuff. Um love what you guys have done and and obviously I think it's important too for Penn State fans like to hear your guys' voices because you both are very instrumental in, you know, being part of one of the most important times in the history of the program. So it's been sweet. And, uh, and yeah, I love, love everything we're doing with state media. Christian, you're obviously a huge part of what we're doing. And, and the other shows, the Lions Den with Aeneas and Jerry Cross and Nick Dawkins, Hardcore PSU is an awesome show. Everyone should check out on the YouTube channel too. So love what you guys are doing. And, and I appreciate all the, all the hard work you guys put in this pod. It's been, it's been fun to watch it grow. Appreciate it. To the moon, baby. Um, yeah, <laughs> lift the roof. AB, you're the man, bro. Appreciate it. Have a great night. B, we will be back next week. Let's get it.